This episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach. Did you know that in Thailand, you can get 20 years in prison for insulting Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach? I think, uh, I think that actually applies to the king, not to, not to Thai restaurants. No, I heard he's a very big fan. Oh, well, in that case. Also, mention the Blue Hawaii Podcast. Get 20% off your entire order. Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach. 96706. Josh, how the hell are you? Ah... Well, yeah, been a bit another big news week. It's great. So, what's so what's on tap for today? More 2020 gossip. We're talking the biggest corruption scandal in recent Honolulu memory, and more statistics. It's really expensive in Hawaii. It's super expensive. Who knew? All this more in a hot new episode of the Hawaii Podcast coming up right now. We often hear holiday meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced of foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poliahu, Ahui Ho. Haole. Yeah. 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 Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. I'm Ryan Little. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. I'm Josh Michaels. Bernie, Bernie. So let's get right into it. What happened this week? Well, the revolution is back. As of, you know, I think the best thing about this 2020 storyline so far is you're going to really polish this Bernie impression. And it's... It's going to be huge. It's already pretty well polished. Oh, I got to be honest with you. Talking Points Memo reporting, Bernie Sanders has immediately snagged an endorsement right out of Kamala Harris's backyard. California Representative Ro Khanna becomes the first member of Congress to endorse a presidential candidate from a state outside his own. Here's what he said. Every 50 years, there's someone who can fundamentally alter the course of American politics. Bernie Sanders has the chance to reorient our economic policy towards workers and communities left behind and to reorient our foreign policy to prioritize peace, diplomacy, and restraint instead of war. I'm super excited. You know, That Bernie's running? Yeah, I'll be, I do have, you know, obviously it's not great that he is ancient. Uh, and that he would actually be the candidate older than Donald Trump. But other than that, I'm excited. Right now, is he your favorite candidate in the race? Right now, gun to my head, yeah. I think... If he's still a contender, when the Hawaii primary rolls around, I'll vote for Bernie. I I think if you had to ask me, yeah, if I could wave a magic wand and make one person president, yeah. yours would be Bernie? Well, if I could make a, wave a magic wand and make anybody president, it would be Pete Buttigieg. But that's who I would do too. But he's like, I don't think he'll. If he's a, if he's a contender, I would I would probably. Ooh, you know what? I, I stand for Pete let's Buttigieg, see, dude. L- let's see how it unfolds. Um, I, we're gonna talk a little bit about Kamala Harris. She had, you know, we we gave her we gave her a little ribbon, a little friendly ribbon, you know, to our favorite cool auntie. Ribbon or ribbing? Ribbing. Okay. What did, we gave her a ribbon? I thought I was like, like second place. Try again <laughs> yeah, next time. I was like, what kind of ribbon did we give her? Um, so not everybody. Not everybody is feeling the burn as hard as I am. I, I'm feeling it very hard. Yeah, all inside me. And I think. Yeah. The thing about Bernie and Kamala, Kamala and Bernie, that'd be a good ticket. As a running, as yeah. a as a platform, excuse me, as a ticket. In terms yeah. of uniting like broad sectors. Yeah, I go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who would be the who'd be VP and who'd be press? Now, okay, that whoever actually gets more, whoever gets more votes. Yeah, fair. I think one thing I would want to bring up when when you're talking about that it, about the if Kamala and Bernie were on the same ticket yeah. is uh, 
I would think Socialism. Bernie as president, Kamala's VP, and not just because he's a man. Let me hear me out here. I was gonna say like, yeah, I know, I get it. It's you're walking, like, you're uh, tiptoeing, you're tiptoeing yeah. right up to the edge. Here. All, all of a sudden, you're like, oh yeah, oh cool, the white guy picked the white guy. That makes yeah. sense. Bernie, Bernie and Booty, let's do it. No, I. So we have a, a follower on Twitter, yeah. uh, Claire T at Cats Kittens. Claire, Claire's Claire. good people. I like Claire. Claire's great. Uh, Claire, the, very strong opinions. Yeah, true. Which Claire. is which is great. We love that. Yeah, we love. Bring it. the heat, Claire. Bring the heat. Come on, keep bringing that. She's throwing seven different kinds of smoke right now and uh claire said that she would not vote for bernie sanders because anti-semitic uh there's a <laughs> where do we have to play that uh, seinfeld uncle leo clip again <laughs> there's a there's a uh, quote she pulled out from a twitter thread written yeah. by some person named riot women the uh the quote is horrible voting record and no ability to build a coalition to pass legislation um oh as opposed to as opposed to donald trump okay cool yeah well <laughs> the funny thing about building a coalition when you're republican is if you're wholly owned by corporate the interests coalition, yeah the, the coalition, coalition build themselves yeah, it's already formed itself uh but yeah so i think if you're thinking about harris and bernie on the same ticket she is right there is a bit of difficulty on Bernie's side of building a coalition. Now, that doesn't he's little, necessarily... He's a little rough around the edges. Yeah, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of like being like, if you're running for, you know, the, the Democratic ticket in like neo-Nazi Linden, Alabama, where they published the uh, KKK should start Dude. lynching people again this week. Uh, if you're running as a Democrat there, it's yeah. probably okay that you're not getting a lot of votes because your uh, character is somewhat exclusive of certain mores of the other people. Um, yeah. And I think that's maybe the problem that Bernie's run into. Can, so with that said, VP being a coalition builder, yeah. Harris is probably a better coalition builder than Bernie. Yeah. Or and that's my, that's my point. Or maybe somebody like, if we're going, if, you know, if you're going younger, in my mind, the coalition, what Bernie brings in terms of coalition as VP or president that Democrats absolutely pooped the bed on in 2016 is the Rust Belt. Oh, yeah, Bernie sure. brings the Rust Belt. Oh, yeah. And I don't think Kamala brings the Rust Belt as well as Bernie could. But then again, you know, that could also be, if not Bernie, that's also Sherrod Brown would bring the Rust Belt. Pete Buttigieg would bring the Rust Belt. Oh, Pete. Pete. Andy, we could talk about Amy Klobuchar. Uh, she, we will was, later. She's about to bring the Rust Belt, and then she screamed at the Rust Belt for not coming fast enough, and now the Rust Belt's feelings are hurt. So... <laughs> I, I think Claire was referring more to like legislative coalitions. Yeah. I think Bernie wouldn't have a problem building coalitions. Has any anywhere senator, where any senator, like, Republican like, politics have screwed the no, entire? No, region. Sen also no United States senator is building any sort of coalition right now. The, the Congress is completely <laughs> Schumer, broken. Schumer's building coalitions by. <laughs> you see the SNL skit? It was like a deal or no deal, where it was like he was holding a briefcase and it was like inside the briefcase is whatever you want, Mr. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Schumer just gives whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. the other side. The wants. art of the deal, baby. Yeah. So you know, Kamala Harris, you know, Kamala Harris may have lost uh, Rep. Khanna's endorsement, but she won't be too upset. The time traveling wizard got another big <laughs> time traveling weed wizard. We oh. Wow, wow, wow! Yippee yo, yippee yay! Kamala in the mother. Okay, sorry. I love it. Uh, so last time, last episode it was Barbara Lee, progressive stalwart from Oakland. This time it's Dolores Huerta, the famous, iconic uh, labor and civil rights leader who co-founded the National Farm Workers Association alongside the late Cesar Chavez. That org later became United Farm Workers. So that's huge get for labor, for progressive values, for Latinos, Latinas. Ms. Ms. Herta, who I think was big on Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016, she will serve alongside Barbara Lee as California co-chair for the Harris campaign. Not that California was ever in danger of not being a blue state, yeah. but hey, if nothing else, we're locking down that popular vote again, baby. It's, it's bona fides, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. We're gonna, we're gonna win the popular vote. Suppress, suppress. I, I, you know, when I see all these progressive people yeah. that are lining up behind 
Kamala Harris. Yeah. It makes me wonder, it makes me question myself. And I think, yeah. I think we should all question ourselves from time to time, whether like I've personally been affected by the biases of people who are like, she was a prosecutor. She was a cop. She's an opportunist. And like, makes me really yeah. start wondering how much of that is true, valid criticism yeah. and how much of that is just like misogynistic programming that culture just will not stop she pounding into she, you. She, uh, I saw her on the daily show this week with Trevor Noah and, you know, in terms of coming across as a real human and connecting, like I'm feeling she's, she's, it's going to be way better than 2016 right off the bat. Um, and I think even folks, you know, for example, Alison Hartson, who was here and we'll, we'll get into Diane Feinstein, you know, some, some Alison is no fan of the establishment and she, you know, she does have issues with Kamala, but she did say, you know, as opposed to 2016, when Hillary versus Trump, let's just kill ourselves. She said, like, if the chips are down, like, I'll go for Kamala. So I think people... But when the chips were down, I'm sure she went for Hillary. We never actually, we never actually verified that. If the chips are down and you didn't go for Hillary, yeah, you're a huge problem in this world right even, now. Even if you're voting in California and you just vote for Jill Stein because your vote doesn't matter anyway? Another reason the Electoral College needs to be abolished? I, I don't know. Okay. I... Yeah. Well, we're getting we're getting sidetracked anyway. So sorry. What, let's do let's do uh, rather than any serious analysis. Let's tell another funny Kamala story. Okay. So Politico is reporting that Senator Harris's jokes about marijuana had you know other than the uh, timeline criticism, there was one other prominent critic, her father. Kamala Harris made headlines last week when she joked in a radio interview that of course she smoked marijuana in her younger years. "Quote: Half my family's from Jamaica. Are you kidding me?" But the crack didn't go over well with at least one Jamaican, Donald. J. Harris. The candidate's father. <laughs> the elder Harris sent an unsolicited statement to the Kingston-based Jamaica Global Online, where the emeritus professor of economics at Stanford wrote a recent essay on his family's history. That's pretty good, you know, that's a pretty good family pedigree right off the bat. My dear departed grandmothers, whose extraordinary legacy I described in a recent essay on this website, as well as my deceased parents, must be turning in their grave right now to see their family's name, reputation, and proud Jamaican identity being connected in any way jokingly or not with the fraudulent stereotype of a pot smoking joy seeker and in the pursuit of identity politics he wrote. added donald harris speaking for myself and my immediate jamaican family we wish to categorically dissociate ourselves from this travesty Woo. kamala harris's campaign had no comment Woo. wow that's uh, that's harsh that's spicy yeah that's real so, so i would you know so i have we have no context to comment on this no, but the only thing i you know I understand from uh, from the comedic stylings of Jesus Nice and, Mero. and Kid Mero that that uh, Jamaican immigrant parents are particularly hard on their children. That's that's about it, my entire context for for this bumbaclot, bald head, bad ting, as they say. That's I just really wish that we could just have them sit in with us for a minute what and would, hear their yeah, comments. I would like. I feel like we're sounding like fangirls right we're, now. We're fangirls. Pause. Well, hopefully they will address it. One cult, a culture that we do, you and I both understand very well, uh, angry middle-aged white woman. Oh, we got understand. That. We yeah, are yeah. all about that culture. Yeah, that's my second and, language. And one candidate is repping hard in that culture already. This is going to get us in trouble. That's okay, though. You've no doubt heard the rumors, everybody. Uh, the Senator Amy Klobuchar is a little bit difficult to work for. I've heard that. Well, one excerpt, I believe that you sent me this, you sent me a screenshot of this. Indeed, I did. It's from the Times. Uh, this is, I believe, from the New York Times. The New York Times. I'll set the scene here. Narrative. Senator Amy Klobuchar was hungry, forkless, forkless, all out of forks to give, <laughs> forkless and losing patience. <gasps> An aide, joining her on a trip to South Carolina in 2008, so she was already running for president, uh, had procured a <laughs> salad for his boss while hauling their bags through an airport terminal. But once on board, he delivered the grim news. 
He had fumbled the plastic eating utensils before reaching the gate, and the crew did not have any forks on such a short flight. They, too, were out of forks to give. Crisis! What happened next was typical. Miss Klobuchar berated her aide instantly for the slip-up. As you do. What happened after that was not. She pulled a comb from her bag and began eating the salad with it, according to four people familiar with the episode. She then handed the comb to her staff member with a directive. Clean it. You know, I got to be honest with you. When I sent you this screenshot, yeah. I, I, my dyslexia kicked in and I read it a little bit backwards. Yeah. And I read that she first gave the comb and asked them to clean it. I didn't realize that she took a comb, a dirty comb using out of her purse. Her salad. Dirty comb. And then Presumably it was... The, you know, the grossest thing in the world assume, to me is when I find a hair in my food. We can assume she wiped it down first. That's Let's not be too unfair. I just... Amy. Amy. So the thing... There's obviously a huge... Not to say a full-blown double standard, but there are all sorts of issues implicated about, you know, unfair... You know... I, yeah. Unfair views of women as, you know, emotionally not being up to the totally. job. Totally. But the thing is... When you compare to somebody with the temperament of Donald J. Trump, how can she win the temperament argument now? It's, I have a feeling she's going to... Does gonna... she have to? I mean, well, okay. She has to, unfortunately, because she's a woman. Right. Like, but the thing the thing is, too, is this just a, oh, she can be kind of insane to work for and, like, tough on her staff? Or is she going to get provoked and, like, slap the nuclear button because blah, 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 blah? So not that... Fair not question. Th- not that I think that's actually going to happen, but you know that's what Fox News is going to start oh, playing. Sure. Fox News is going to be all over this. I also... I'm trying to imagine this in in two different contexts. I'm trying to imagine it if instead of it being like Amy Klobuchar, it's Andy Klobuchar. And he's like a, you know, 10-year Marine Corps veteran or something. And somebody's like, oh, he was really tough to work for one time. And he's also badass. I saw him eat a salad with a comb. Yeah, Jim Mattis was all out of forks. So he just pulled out his comb and like boom, boom, boom. And people would be like, damn. Resourceful. But I think it's like. Always be prepared. Yeah, there's something about. That feels a little different here. And I can't decide. I, I truly just don't know if it's just like double standard sexism. Yeah. Or if it's like, no, she's just kind of a jerk. And those sorts of things are coming back to bite her now. You know, it's the Machiavelli question. Is it better to be loved than to be feared? Sure. And clearly she's, this she's is, chosen her, she's chosen her yeah. approach. And I think personally, on a per- having been in that environment, uh, I'm not sure I can vote for somebody who operates, who, who, who is like that, you know, behind the curtain. Well, I think there's also another issue there too which is like male or female yeah do we want to vote for a, a jim mattis maybe not jim mattis because he's almost universally loved by everyone he's ever worked for if amy klobuchar with. if amy klobuchar herself was you know a, a the first the first woman marine corps general to do blah 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 blah, sure. blah instead of like a senator from minnesota with an It'd anger be problem, a little different it would right? be completely different but that's also then we can get into a whole thing about how like the military and the role of the military in american culture that changes our perception that's what i'm saying like do, do we want another person like that do we want another like ass temperament in the highest hall of power and like i feel like no i yeah. feel like we're i, feel I mean like she'll be working hard to, at least we know like if what kind of message are you sending your kids when you're like be kind to one another and like, oh, but she's a total jerk and yeah. she made it all the way to the top. Like counterpoint, like, you know, compared to Donald Trump's executive time, like if those hours are something where like stuff is getting done. For are you American asking people, if she'd be a better president, Donald Trump? Yes. Hands down. Yeah. Without a question. Yeah. If it's her, Trump, I'm voting her. Same. Yeah. And if you don't, you're a huge problem with this country. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, huge problems in this country, <laughs> Senator Dianne Feinstein, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, one of the best cases for term limits. To paraphrase what happened, guys, yeah. uh, the Sunrise Movement sent a 
student teacher group to Senator Dianne Feinstein's office to ask her... Manipulating children for political purposes. <laughs> to ask her, hey, would you sign a Green New Deal? And they explained to the kids, you know, what the implications of climate change are. And they were very honest with them. And these kids go and they sincerely ask her, hey, will you sign a Green New Deal? Yeah. And she just basically told them to go f*** themselves. <laughs> uh, Sunrise posted a video on Twitter, yeah. which has now been seen... I checked it yesterday. Yeah. About three hours after it happened, it had been seen over two million times. Yeah. Uh, after it had been uploaded. Well, if you don't like it, maybe you should run for senator one day. That was the gist of. Oh gosh! Yeah. Come on, Diane. And like, auntie. Here's here's the thing, guys. Like, doesn't she have grandkids? Oh yeah, she just I think pretend. She said she just pretend seven? the kids are your like. Would you talk to your grandkids that way? Dude, she was like, did you watch the video? I didn't watch. She's like, I I once I heard about better for you not. It's not good for your like sanity. Nothing is good for my sanity at this point. Yeah, so they they were like, she. I think she said seven. Like, I've got seven grandkids, and like, well, then you're being a shitty grandma. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then liberal Twitter, liberal yeah. establishment Twitter came out in full force. Yeah. Everybody who berated you for liking Bernie Sanders in 2016 had a really they went to the spicy opinion on this. They went to the mat for Diane Feinstein, didn't super they? super Ugh. mat, and Ugh. and basically they're saying, oh, this video was edited. This video, like, they made it look worse than it is. And he's like, well, no, they showed you actual quotes of her saying, well, I just won an election, so maybe you should run for senator. Yeah, that's not a good look. Like, I'm telling you guys, like this, if they've done it to Feinstein, they've yeah. done it to probably 10 other senators and the videos didn't get posted because those people kept their cool and didn't yeah. treat kids like they were worthless pieces of garbage. Uh, and basically the I idea picture, is, you know, I can't picture Maisie Hirono telling this. No, kid, like, yeah, no. And Feinstein's plan. Well, let's, here's the point guys. Defensive liberal Twitter missed the point. Like yeah. we need, those kids need aggressive action on climate change now to avoid killing their home planet. And I think just in general, if you don't even pretend to care about what people think, people are not going to be receptive. Like it's, and you know, she just got reelected. So she's good for six years. So maybe she doesn't care because like she's, you know, this is a good argument for term limits, but good Lord people. The crazy thing is like, it's not like they're asking for help for their hometown yeah. or even like their home state. Please like, save the it's planet. It's their home planet. There's yeah. nowhere else for us to go, guys. And Feinstein like sort of argues back. Well, you know, number one, we can't afford it, which is like, well, we can afford tax cuts for billionaires yeah. and we can afford to keep funding forever wars, but we can't yeah. afford green new deal. But her, her plan that she says she's going to offer in response proposes to tax zero credits. out emissions. They want to zero out emissions by 2050, which is you'll note 20 years after our supposed tipping point year. That's the year of no return. Defend the way that they portrayed Feinstein all you want, but her plan sucks. No one is going to be awarding bipartisan awards when we're fighting Mad Max Fury road style over food and resources. Like let's either treat the issue as serious. No, on the what would they have done on the West Wing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you guys, we need to treat the issue as serious, even if your old ass won't be around to face it. Mm. This is basically just another instance of older people making massive problems for millennials and then blaming millennials for being mad about the problems that old people created. And these kids did a really, really awesome thing. And if you're the person who's like trying to go to the map for Feinstein because, oh, they didn't show the full 17-minute video. Yeah. The reason is not because they wanted to edit videos to make her look bad. It's because people don't watch 17-minute videos. We could have edited it down to like just a five-second clip. You know, Michael Jordan, man, fuck them kids. Golly, man. <laughs> people got the fine. Democrats cannot help but turn their guns on each other. Yeah. Like... If, well, if ever there's a cause worthy of fighting for, there's always going to be some recalcitrant douche 
who's just like we can't afford it we can't afford it we're not bipartisan enough it's like the polls the polls that we took show that they want bipartisan action 70 percent of republicans aren't gonna like this it's like yeah well you know what they got rid of the state and local tax deduction as a punitive angry thing to punish blue places kevin mccarthy house majority or then house majority leader and literal california republican decided like let's make our boys eat it so that you know we can deliver the victory and screw our state there's literally not a universe that exists where republicans care what democrats think no and And we can't go running around like begging this is your fault aaron sorkin yeah we can't run around like begging for their approval speaking of not caring what people think and lacking any awareness of optics uh, we're gonna talk about a little scandal that continues to envelop honolulu when we come back blue hawaii Everybody, uh, you've been watching the news. You've you saw you know last week we celebrated Kaloha Friday. Um, article after article. We don't need to get it. We're just going to direct you toward articles that you should read because that way uh, it's other people saying these things and we don't get accused of libel or slander. So Catherine Kaloha, the under fire former deputy prosecutor who's facing many a federal charge, as, along with her husband, the former chief of police, Louis Kaloha. She's going to go to jail forever. And now, also implicating current chief prosecutor of the city and county of Honolulu, Keith Kaneshiro, who's the subject of a petition by the state attorney general asking the Supreme Court to suspend him from practicing law. Like, this stuff, we'll go through it bit by bit, this stuff makes the Mueller investigation look like an old episode of Perry Mason. Is you taking notes on a criminal f***ing conspiracy? Article that came out in Civil Beat. Catherine Kaloha says she's mentally unfit to stand trial, but the judge disagrees. I feel like that's all we need to say about <laughs> yeah, that one. That's all we need to say. That's Nick Grube in Civil Beat. Read that one. We will, at the advice of our lawyers, <laughs> we'll just have you read that. Another Hawaii News Now report by Lynn Kawano. In shocking indictment, Catherine Kaloha and her brother charged with dealing drugs. Jeez. And we'll have you read that one too. Uh, pill mill, oxy's flowing freely like wine. Uh, Trying to use uh, basically illicitly prescribed drugs to yeah. buy more illicitly, yeah. to buy more illicit drugs. And Star Advertiser reporting, Hawaii Attorney General asks State Supreme Court to immediately suspend City Prosecutor Keith Kaneshiro. I got to be honest, man. These headlines are just nailing what's going on yeah. in these stories. Uh, and update, you know, uh, a lot of cops have been killing people this week. Uh, that is true. Lynn Quano, Hawaii News Now. Embattled city prosecutor was denied access to officer-involved shooting scene. Police blocked off the scene where the shooting happened. Kaneshiro usually responds to officer-involved shootings as part of his office's review process. But sources say patrol officers turned Kaneshiro, who is the target of a federal investigation, and his team around when they arrived in Mililani. The order came directly from HPD administration. I can't decide if this sounds like something good or something... That's just like shady that's wild or maybe a little bit of both I mean, in in the attorney general's motion to the supreme court there was a statement from susan ballard chief of police saying like this dude is imp- like when you lose the cops when the cops are saying we can't trust the city prosecutor to not break the law on anything anymore who are they sending i wonder they're not sending their I guess best. They, 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 oh, that's good. I'm sure some of the prosecutors are good people. Yeah. Welcome to the American Express Halftime Report. You pay him a Chuck cash or you write him a check, Chuck. Right. Never break. Hey, America. America. Chuck's <laughs> How? America. 
Let me just tell you something. What's that? Uh, do not commit crimes with checks. <laughs> Come on, man. You cannot, if you're going to break the law, do not write a check, man. You if cannot. You cash up. <laughs> hey, get cash, man. <laughs> I never used the ATM. Now, you can only, I heard you can only get $200 out of Charles, the house. $500. stop, literally. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you're about to make a lot of stop to the ATM. <laughs> better news, better news. Honolulu ranks least affordable capital city in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gang. And by better news, I mean worse news. In a new report. Well, but, but. Yeah. We fared much better with quality of life, yeah. ranking number one out of all 50 state capitals. So you, uh, you're you paying for it, though. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't afford It's like, basically, think about living in Hawaii yeah. as like, it's actually very cheap, but you have to have a gym membership to live here, and it costs you 2500 bucks a month. Yeah. Health, education, economic well-being also placed us in the top 10. Well, but, that's, that's wrong. But factoring in all categories... We land uh, in the middle of the pack as the 26th best capital city to live in. I would love to know where my esteemed hometown, Montgomery, Alabama, Gumtown falls. Gumtown Thug and uh, Wallet Hub. That's a good question. Let's look it up right now. Okay. You can see whether you've moved up or down in life. Oh, and I also lived in Atlanta. I, this is my third capital. Okay, so on this one, actually what I'm looking at right now, Wallet Hub, uh, Honolulu is 28th. But that's 28th in terms of what they call best state capital. So right. it's sort of a uh, rank of Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, 22nd. Okay. So and I've been Mon living in the middle. Montgomery, Alabama. 43. 43. Oh. Here's okay. what I will say, though. Yeah. Here's what I will say. They're right that Baton Rouge, Louisiana, sucks and is way worse than Montgomery. Jackson, Trenton, Hartford also. Jackson also sucks. I've been, uh, I've been Charleston, West Virginia sucks. The water's on fire there because uh, that's problematic. Duke Energy I've, let a bunch of coal ash yeah. out. I've been through. I haven't stopped in Trenton, but I've been through Trenton, New Jersey. And sucks. It sucks. Hartford, uh, Connecticut supposedly sucks. It sucks pretty bad. I will I've been say, in the bus, I've been I've been in the Hartford, Connecticut bus depot, and it is that sounds. I was born in New Haven, Connecticut, and which apparently, other than like outside of the Yale campus, also sucks. That's what I've heard. What I've heard. Yeah. yeah. It goes from, yeah. Carson City, Nevada. I can imagine that sucks. Yeah. Providence, Rhode Island, I've heard, is actually has a lot of charm and some good parts. But Let's talk I think about some places that you think are rated too high. I'm going to go with number 17, Juneau, Alaska. Yeah, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It's okay. They got an NBA team, which is cool. Yeah. Cheyenne, Wyoming. That's That one's number nine. Let me go ahead and tell you, that's wrong. Lincoln, Nebraska is number five. Yeah, dude. I drove through. Well, Lincoln has a college town, at least. They that's got, true. That's, that's, that's Nebraska, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. University of Nebraska. Uh, but Cheyenne, I've, I drove through Cheyenne mm -hmm. two years ago. You know what's in Cheyenne? Tells Nothing. A Walmart. That is it. There is yeah. a college there. But University of Wyoming, or I, I think, yeah, main campus. I think it's, yeah, I think it's in Cheyenne. No, I'm telling you, dude, that sucks. What that part of Wyoming was <laughs> awful. Okay, well, I can never run for president. Can you imagine this coming back? Just yeah. being like, me not, just shitting all over. Wyoming will still be a red state. I'm gonna be like, Cheyenne yeah. sucks. Good. Um, also, Civil Beat Publishing ten charts that show the struggle of being a millennial in Hawaii, and it doesn't have anything to do with the poly closing down. No. Um, so basically, we, we can't run through all the 10 charts right now, but basically to give you an idea of... What was your favorite chart? My favorite chart, well, incomes have... The only chart that showed a decrease between like whenever it was like 1990 and now was income per month. Everything else, you know, uh, cost of a mortgage, cost of rent, skyrocketing. Basically, the only thing decreasing is how much money we're making. Yeah. We're waiting longer to get married. We're waiting longer to have kids. We're having fewer kids. We're, you know... 
My favorite chart was the one that showed how much time we spend crying compared to other generations because of our despondency. It's high, isn't it? It's much higher. Is it 100%? 99%? It's it's 99% higher. But it's still not higher than the boomers who cry all the time. Listeners, if you find yourself crying all the time. (laughs) But not not the boomers in Hawaii, though. Boomers in Hawaii don't cry. Yeah. They're just passive aggressive and they keep voting for terrible candidates. He was out sign waving. He seems like a nice guy. He's a nice boy. (laughs) Listeners, if you cry every time, please get in touch. Let us know what you're crying about. So we're going to cry during the break we're about to take. And then we'll be back in a minute with some shout outs. Woo. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. All right. Shout outs. Shout out time. We're going to start narrow. We're going to start local Hawaii shout outs. And we're going to expand outward from there. So first. Let's, Let's talk about somebody who made the best decision of their life this week. Yes. She's. Councilwoman Kimberly Pine, shout out to you. What'd she do? A, she had, you know, obviously a long and esteemed career in public office. That's has right. made, without knowing anything about her track record, I'm sure has made decisions. Sure, she's done. She's done both a, good and bad. But objectively, this one's the best. Yeah. Uh, we received a notification earlier this week. Councilwoman Kimberly Pine, that's Kimberly with two Y's, followed us on Twitter. Yeah. Congratulations to you, Councilwoman Pine. Hashtag Leeward. Hashtag CCHNL. We hope that we do you proud. Yeah. And and if it's not actually the councilwoman and one of her staffers happens to know us, uh, get in touch. Or no, I was actually going to say, don't tell us and please let us live in this ignorant delusion. Also true. Yeah. Uh, you did. You were you were saying before we got on the air, uh, you had some nice little. I'm like, grateful for yeah. a lot of things this week. Yeah. One of the Twi- things I'm grateful for. Twitter was for, not a toxic hellscape for you. Well, you know, it's maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it Maybe it wasn't. Who's who's to say? Uh, we started a gratitude thread on Twitter. Yeah, um, I really got you started a gratitude. That's thread true. On You're off Twitter right now. I've got two brands on Twitter, gang. I've got uh, Sassy Bitch. Yep. Where I just leave like little comments, yep. cheeky comments on GIFs. stupid stuff. Sometimes some gifts. Yeah. Um, and then the other is uh, white nationalism. <laughs> this one's the second. No. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Aryan Brotherhood, everybody. Yep. No, the second, my second brand is Twitter Therapist. And I just, you know what, gang? I'm like, let me just try to bring a little kindness onto this platform. And so I started a thread and I just want to tell people that we are very grateful that you guys listen to us and let us do what we do. And and even if you don't, we're so narcissistic and self-indulgent that we don't care. We don't care. Yeah. But thanks anyway. Uh, it was totally not intended to be self-effacing, just like one of those, you know, sitting around on a random day thinking like, what am I grateful for? Uh, I try to remember that sort of thing. And uh, you guys, a lot of you mentioned us, which was totally not this the intent. A, this is some Hallmark Channel stuff right here. Man. I know, but I was really, it, I was really, uh, my heart was warmed, not just by the people who were saying they were grateful for us, but like by the people who had like genuinely cool things. Like yeah. one person wrote, I'm grateful for Sundays when my husband cooks breakfast. I'm grateful for that for you too, friend. Keep it up. Folks, if you're grateful for something and you want to shout it out, get in touch. At Blue Hawaii, at Blue Hawaii, at Blue Hawaii. We'll share it. We'll share it. Yeah. Now, two big local shout outs, uh, news reports. that These didn't quite merit uh, inclusion in like the news. Because the news we shared this week was so bad, we wanted to highlight these folks standing alone as the good things going on in Hawaii outside of our uh, our embattled government and other miscellany going on. Uh, Hawaii News Now reporting, our dear, dear friends... Anti-Twinkle, and the whole crew at Pu'u Honua Owayanai. Against the odds, Waianae Homeless Camp is working to raise a stunning $1.5 million for their new permanent home. 
The leader of the state's most well-known homeless camp says they're on their way to raising more than a million and a half dollars to buy property of their own. Two anonymous donors have come forward saying they're willing to put up 500 grand if the camp can come up with the money to match these funds. In the meantime, camp leaders say they have their eyes on several sites in Waianae that could become home to the new village. The village is big, and I believe the vision can be the solution, said Auntie Twinkle Borge. I believe we can be the blueprint for the state. That I is so awesome. I'm very stoked for I'm, them. I'm very thankful and very grateful that this is working for them. I'm grateful and thankful for the amazing leadership of Auntie Twinkle. I'm grateful for the amazing selflessness of these two anonymous donors. And we'll keep you posted on this because these are good people. This is something we all we all need to care about their future. And this this really could be the blueprint. Like if we can f- figure this out, there's no telling what sort of other potential we can unlock. The second local shout out from a news report that ran uh, in Hanaho Magazine, which is the official magazine of Hawaiian Airlines, which is just there's nothing better. Best airline in America. Hanaho on time arrivals. Magazine yeah. is a good magazine. Yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah. On a, Hawaiian Airlines has been the most consistently on time U.S. airline for like the past million years. So keep up. Shout out to them. I mean, to be fair, though, they just fly like 30 minutes each way. Don't hit the player. Hit the game. <laughs> that's that's a perfect use of that phrase. Yeah. So shout out to Akoni Nelson and the important work that he's doing at Kealakekua Bay on Hawaii Island. Nelson is the caretaker of Hikiau Heiau at Kealakekua Bay on the Big Island. That's where I spent last weekend with some of our homies. And Mr. Nelson was kind enough to show us around, teach us a little bit about the area and its immense, overwhelming history. Uh, as well as the deep significance that it still holds today for the Native Hawaiian people and some of the challenges they're facing. Uh, he is profiled in the special featured article this month's Hawaiian Airlines Hanaho magazine. You don't have to fly anywhere to read it, which is the good news. It's available online. You can Google it. But let me give you some of the highlights. Please. So the, ar- the article is titled, On the Path of the Gods, the Waves of Change Continue to Break at Kealakekua, where Hawaii first encountered the West. This is by... Shannon Wianeki, Wianeski, if she's if she's Polish, I don't know. Photos by Megan Spellman. The photos are also incredible. The article starts. The Kumulipo, often referred to as Hawaii's creation chant, begins with a coral polyp. From this humble organism springs all of creation. Over 16 stanzas, the epic poem details the genealogy of Lono Ika Makahiki, a deified chief from South Kona. It describes his family tree from the first stirrings of the universe all the way down to his human ancestors. Of many such lineage chants, it is the most historically important. In modern times, it was sung on notable occasions. The deaths of two high chiefs and the arrival of Captain James Cook in Hawaii. King David Kalakaua used it to solidify his claim to the Hawaiian throne. It's no wonder that such a potent chant originated at Kealakekua, where Lono Ikamakihiki was born, and where corals are so abundant that they seem to embody the very genesis of life. They kind of were. Kealakekua is a place of power and poetry. Today, most people know it as the site where Captain Cook landed and was killed in 1779. We talked about that he last week. He caught them hands. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. I'm telling you. Uh, tourists flocked to the monument raised in his honor, though they're likely more interested in the bay's vibrant marine life than its naval history. Kealakekua's serene, undeveloped coastline gives a little hint of its past. I don't want to talk about Cook, says Shane Oconee Nelson when we meet down at Kealakekua Bay. For 240 years, the British explorer has cast a long shadow on this place. But to Kama'aina, children of the land, like Nelson, Cook is a single dog-eared page in a dynamic history that's still being written or chanted. And All then, right. Yeah. And then we, Pretty... I could, there's, that article is full of so much wisdom, so much fascinating stuff that 
you know, even being born and raised here, this ignorant town Howley did, had no clue about. It goes way beyond Cook. It's really where Hawaii, the, the kingdom, the entity, came together. This one passage. Those who lived along this coast experienced some of the most intense acculturation anywhere in the islands. Kealakekua was not only where Hawaiians first clashed with foreign power, it's also where cattle, coffee, and Christianity first gained footholds. But even before Cook, you know, that's where young, the future King Kamehameha got his start. It's at that time, pre-contact, it was the most populous center of native Hawaiian population in the archipelago. It's fascinating. The last point I'll leave you on, talking about reviewing the environmental impact studies and the state's future plans for management of the area. Nelson scoured the resulting environmental impact study and found it wanting. It doesn't include living Kanaka Maoli, native Hawaiians. He says, everything is in past tense. So folks, as we move forward to build a better world and build a better Hawaii, I encourage you all to check this out, to learn about the important work that Nelson is doing. And it will totally blow your mind. It's, it's just it's awesome. I can't recommend it highly enough. One other side note, apparently that whole area next to the Heiau now is vacation rentals and some friggin' Airbnb tourists call the cops on like the native Hawaiian rituals at the Heiau. So folks, uh, don't be, the, don't be those guys. Freaking white people are at Freaking, it again. Like if you, oh, I came all the way to Hawaii and saw like the host culture in action, but like I really wanted to get drunk instead. So you guys it, are making too much noise down there with your chanting and your connection to like deep ancient traditions. Put some are, clothes on. Still, yeah, I hate I hate people. So more shout outs. Shout out to NBA legend Dikembe Mutombo, NBA commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, they've announced the arrival of the NBA-driven Basketball Africa League in the year 2020. This is going to be a partnership between the NBA and FIBA and the NBA's first professional league outside of North America. It's a dream come true for uh, Mr. Mutombo, the NBA Hall of Famer legend who is from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. BAL will include professional clubs from Angola, Egypt, Kenya, Morocco, Nigeria, Rwanda, Senegal, South Africa, and Tunisia. Woo! It's going to be awesome. It's going to be super lit. More than 80 current and former NBA players are from Africa or have ties to the continent, including NBA All-Stars Joel Embiid, who is from Cameroon, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, whose parents are Nigerian. When I was a kid, I had on the Nintendo 64 Showtime NBA on NBC, yeah. my favorite video game in the world. And I always, I normally played with my own character yeah. that I would create. And he always looked like a Sasquatch and he was always seven foot six and, you know, lightning quick. Yeah. But if I was going to have to play with a real person, I'd play with the Sixers and I'd get Dikembe and Allen Iverson. That was my team. You can't see this listeners, but I'm wagging my finger at Ryan right now. Yeah. As we speak. But in a way that would say, yes, yes, yes. Other exciting NBA news. Two Chains has announced that his forthcoming fifth solo album, Rapper Go to the League. Which league is he talking about? He's talking about the NBA. Or he's talking about BAL. I well, I imagine <laughs> I imagine he's talking uh, about the NBA. He has revealed that his that album will be A and R'd, aka Executive Creative Directive Wisdom, will be provided by none other than the modern goat himself, Mr. LeBron James. Two Chains, aka Titty Boy, said, It's been quite the journey to get here. All night studio sessions reflecting and opening up on these records, or as I call it, therapy. This is my each one teach one body of work. I want to celebrate black excellence. Rap or go to the league. What a nice AR by King James. What a really March nice 1st. choice to have yeah. to make. Would I rather rap or would I rather go to the league? Those are, I mean, yeah. that's an awesome decision. You know, Auburn had a football player, a gentleman named Bo Travis Jackson. Williams. 
Oh, they did have him. They had both of them. Uh, not at the same time. Travis Williams was an All-American linebacker yeah. who went and played in the league. Yeah. And then he decided when he was out of the league that he was going to start a rap career. Yeah. And He was terrible? He wasn't terrible, but I'll tell you, to truly have the decision to rap or go to the league. He was no titty boy. I no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. That was not a decision he was capable yeah. of having. LeBron, uh, LeBron also announced his role on the album via Instagram. Had the pleasure of working on my first music project from start to finish with my guy Two Chains coming three one. Can't wait for you all to hear the continued evolution of his profound skills from his mind to the booth to the records itself. Proud of you, homie, and the people will be as well when this hits. Hashtag AR Braun, Hashtag rapper go to the league. Male, male, emo, uh, male gender sign emoji. I think he's. I think that was supposed to be a a uh, avatar for his own directed excitement. Okay. Bonus. LeBron also announced that filming of Space Jam Two will begin this summer. Yee. LeBron is full on going media mogul. You watch The Shop, his new show on HBO. Nah, is it good? It's it's good, man. LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I just actually got a uh, HBO Now subscription. Yeah. Somebody, For Game of Thrones? Somebody gave me their password. There you go. I don't want to tell you how much Game of Thrones I watched last weekend. A lot. T- take a guess at a number. All of it. How about 15 episodes? <laughs> nice. That's a lot. So, oh, speaking of uh, just baller NBA stuff, did you watch any All-Star Game highlights? I watched a little bit. Did you see Steph Curry slam the alley-oop off the floor, bounce it up to Giannis? No. All right, listeners. Go look Unless it you're up. driving. Unless you're driving. Pause this episode right now and go look it up and then get at us about how impressed you are. Also, do you see the Zion Williamson Indeed shoe, I did. shoe gate? Uh, I love the onion headline. Nike fires eight-year-old shoemaker responsible for Zion <laughs> Williamson injury. How do they? You know, the funny thing is the onion is really, in my opinion, yeah. It the it's comedy ends at the headlines. Like, I don't want to read 200 words. You don't on, need to. Usually the head, like the headline. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I don't want to read it. Like, I don't yeah. want to read that article. I just love the headline, yeah. you know? Also, Patriots owner Robert Kraft busted. First, listening prostitutes in Florida. Proof that no matter how much money you have, you will still never be happy and probably make terrible life decisions. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if those are... <laughs> I feel like maybe the lesson is a little bit more nuanced than maybe that. Maybe we should stop valorizing billionaires. I think that's a, a great lesson yeah. to learn. I think the other one might be that uh, you can still be unhappy yeah. and make a billion dollars. Yeah. Mark Cuban said... Uh, which, you know, I don't go to him a lot for my life lessons. Hey, but, but Mark Cuban did not get busted soliciting prostitutes. Uh, he said that money doesn't make you a different person. It just reveals who you are, just mm. amplifies who you are. And so I'm like, if it's like if you're unhappy and you're not a billionaire, you're just going to be unhappy as a billionaire. You'll yeah. just It'll just keep it away for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so uh, of the puns write themselves. The Patriots, the Patriots haters took very kindly to this news. Uh, the biggest scandal since Deflategate. We should also note, sorry, yeah, Florida, yeah, uh, where this happened, yeah, has some of the most lax uh, information availability laws. Like uh, they they don't have a lot of they'll they'll give you everything. If That's you why we have it. so many Florida man stories. Yeah, because there's always interesting crime beats coming out of Florida. And we should also note that the cops said that they had video of all of this. So Robert Kraft, a rub and tug, sex gate. Yeah. Is going to be happening. So we don't have to say allegedly, do we? Should we still say alleged? Allegedly. We're just going to sprinkle allegedly. Listeners. Till he's convicted, it's sprinkle, alleged. Sprinkle allegedly over everything in every episode you hear. Okay, anywho. Even, so. even the even the Hanaho magazine, like it allegedly <laughs> appeared in Hawaiian Airlines magazine. I don't know. 
So uh, the puns are writing themselves. Deflate ga- We've heard of deflate gate, yeah. but you've also heard of tailgate. Oh gosh, filate gate. Uh huh. And ejaculate. Oh, <laughs> I heard. I saw one that said uh, six Super Bowl rings, one prostitution ring. <laughs> I. But I think this also. It's this is also calling for. Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but like it also does call for a little bit of a uh, nuanced talk about sex work and sex workers and people who are just trying to make what could be a very good living using the thing that they've got and how uh, white puritanical value systems have disenfranchised people from the labor of their own bodies and has forced people into a regressive system that they'd rather not operate within. So if you consider yourself a true civil libertarian and you... Uh, truly are uh, finding yourself looking down on people who engage in sex work. Number one, recognize that you're wrong. Number two, yeah. recognize that it's real work. And number three, recognize you're not a real civil, civil libertarian if yeah. you're letting the government tell you what you can and can't do for your body for money. Yeah. Don't 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 blame the lady. Blame Robert Kraft. Robert, you know? I, blame, I mean, I, yeah, it's certainly not her fault, which yeah. is good. Also, I think the other big thing about Kraft, and we we're making jokes about it, but I think there was a human trafficking component as well, which is like, Jeez. Yeah. I, okay sketch yeah and you know craft sucks we decided we didn't we do he's a big trump supporter yeah craft sucks we knew that already i did not make a single oh i wonder if you know kissing on the lips like tom brady joke but i guess now saying that out loud means that i indirectly did so we're gonna move on immediately. will you stop kissing me on the lips before every episode (laughs) two last two last notes uh shout out to the nobel peace prize committee in oslo norway uh the new york times is reporting trump's nomination for the nobel peace prize was apparently forged twice yes so you know another trying to do what obama did yes Um, he's not gonna win the peace prize but he is still scheduled to meet with kim jong-un in hanoi uh from the so there's that (laughs) from the 27th to the 28th so stay tuned because we still might all die yeah awesome Uh, last shout out they're just trading notes right kim jong is just like oh yeah wait wait so you're trying to to crush the media oh here's how you do that there probably won't be any notes from the translator on this meeting either why don't you just throw them in the gulag (laughs) What's the issue? Oh, um, yeah, great. Last shout out to the First Amendment. Uh, you, The First Amendment, shout out to you. You allow us to do this every week. Uh, Despite you allow, what Clarence Thomas would have us you allow rather us to laugh be doing. At the, you allow us to laugh at the Proud Boys. Uh, but you are facing a challenge. Uh, BuzzFeed News is reporting that the Covington Catholic student, you remember these like little white kids? Oh, yeah. I was one of them at one time. Yeah. The, the, the Covington Catholic student who went viral is suing the Washington Post for $250 million. You want to know what the epitome dollars. of like being a, a sucky white kid An is? Entitled little shit. Is that you look at your life and you go, you know what my pain and future earnings are worth? $250 million. $250 million. Nicholas Sandman, age 16, and his parents filed the defamation lawsuit in federal court on Tuesday, alleging in a complaint that the Post failed to verify the context of the video. And as a result, the teen has faced threats, bullying, and damage to his reputation, also known as being a teenager. I, I, I love it. I love that they're like, you just re- recorded him doing exactly what he did and how then posted you? it. Yeah, this is the, how dare you use my words. Uh, the post intended, this is, a, this is taken directly from the complaint. The post intended to harm Nicholas because he was a white Catholic boy wearing a mega hat 
and consciously ignored the threats of harm that it knew would inevitably ensue in favor of its political agenda. The Post wanted to lead the charge against this child because he was a pawn in its political war against its political adversary. A war so disconnected and beyond the comprehension of Nicholas, right, beyond the comprehension of the kid wearing the MAGA, MAGA hat, hat who got bust to the March for Life. Yeah, it's so who's, far beyond who's his comprehension. Who's staring down a who's, Native American who's, elder. Yeah. Uh, doing like fake Indian chants. Uh let me tell you the one redeeming uh, thing about Nicholas Sandman is that the post must be dealt with the same way every bully is dealt with, and that is hold the, that is to hold the bully fully accountable for its wrongdoing in a manner which effectively deters the bully from again bullying other children. I assume that their complaint against Donald Trump is still pending, or uh, Sandman's lawyers, who will have to prove that the post was negligent in publishing these statements, is publishing the alleged false statements, suggested two hundred fifty million in damages which is the amount that Jeff Bezos paid for the post in 2013. Wonderful. Let me just say yes, the one the one redeeming, redeeming thing. thing about Nicholas Sandman is yeah. that every every yeah. time that he goes to court, yeah. somebody can play the Metallica song Enter Sandman. <laughs> Literally anytime he walks into the courtroom. Exit night. I would literally be playing that. Enter <laughs> little bratty kid as soon as he like walks into the courthouse i just feel like oh you know it'd be great if like if they play the enter sandman music and then mariana rivera comes out and throws a baseball as hard as he can at nick sandman's head we don't really mean that i sort of mean it but allegedly I, I think another awesome thing would be if they tried to do it and Metallica was like, no. Yeah. You cannot. Like how Rage Against the Machine was like, Paul Ryan, please never play our music at your con- at your rallies ever again. Wasn't it Tom Petty that said that Trump couldn't use his music at his rallies because Trump's a xenophobic bigot Probably. douchebag? R.I.P. Tom wanna Petty. You want to know how crazy the news is this week? Is that we didn't even talk about any of the stuff that Trump did. Yeah. I mean, we you know... We mentioned that he sucks. He didn't personally forge his Peace Prize nomination, but I'm sure he, uh, he encouraged Kushner it. did. Yeah. Kushner. Jared, hey, Jared Kushner is going to meet with MBS. Do you see that? Awesome. Great. That's exactly what we need. Well, before we start a whole new episode. Trump sucks. Trump, yeah. Our, folks, we, we, we have a good time on the Blue Hawaii podcast. We try to. And soon our long national nightmare will be over. But until then, please like us, listen us, subscribe us. I know these aren't transitive verbs. I, I probably like, should have thrown a preposition in there somewhere. Yeah. Folks, vote Pete Buttigieg. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Get it. Until next week, uh, where we'll be sitting down having a very interesting chat with a mover and shaker in Hawaii. Uh, you know where to find us. Get in touch. Holler. At Blue Hawaii Pod on Have Twitter. Have a great weekend. Have a great week, everybody. Aloha. Take care of yourselves. Aloha. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.